0: Welcome to the Tomb Shed, the workshop for everything from music, history, theory, creative process, production, you name it. We're here to become better music listeners, better creators, and better music lovers. I'm your host, Blake Murray, and I'm here with my dear childhood friend and professional musician, Marty Gray. What's up, Marty? Hello. What's going I on don't today?
1: Know. Today? Today? What happened today? I did a lot of mixing today, if Ooh. I'm honest. All right. I've been doing a lot of mixing randomly just for my work for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But I love mixing. It's very satisfying.
0: Like satisfying to get that result
1: or like you like just sitting there making things sound nice or. I think the best part of it is getting a track from someone and then doing the whole mix and then going back to the track that they sent and comparing what you did. Sort of a being your work. That's really nice, you I can don't sort of do hear that how enough. polished it becomes if you know sometimes sometimes you do that and you you cry <laughs> because <laughs> you're bad at mixing
0: <laughs> so you do this for your studio job, right but do you do you ever a b test your own songs like do you save two Always. files and
1: yeah, yeah, definitely every time really oh. at least when I'm mixing my own stuff or like working on anything yeah the, I mean i'm mixing partially for studio clients but also partially for a few of my own personal clients too Mm -hmm. that's sweet but i i always try and do that yeah i never do that because i i don't really
0: even think of my music in phases and maybe it would help to be like okay today i'm just gonna create parts and then tomorrow i'm gonna mix it up or like once i get to a good spot say okay now i'm gonna sit down and mix but instead it's just kind of like everything mashed together and it's this whole mess and yeah, maybe being like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and mix this weekend, and then I'd actually save two files, and I could compare and sort of do those types of things.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it can be it can be encouraging. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Work, What's workflow up with you? stuff.
0: Uh, not too much. What's up with me? Um. Yeah, really, not a lot. Had um, ah, uh, this killer meal. It's it's pasta with shrimp. And Brussels sprouts, but they're like uh, roasted Brussels sprouts. And then it's got like parm and um, pepper and salt and stuff and red pepper flakes on it. And um, my partner Antonia makes it, and it's so good. That sounds
1: incredible. That I think it's funny how as a kid you just hate Brussels sprouts. There's nothing worse (laughs) than Brussels sprouts. It's true. And then as an adult, someone figured out, You could put maple syrup and all sorts of weird stuff on Brussels sprouts. And now it's just, like, the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, like bacon. But honestly, when you just roast Brussels sprouts in the oven and they get blackened and, like, parts of them are falling apart. Or grill them or whatever with just, like, oil, salt, and pepper. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I just I love the taste of, like, partially burnt food. It's so good.
1: I also do. I kind of burnt my toast. I, I burned my toast on purpose, for sure. <laughs>
0: right? It can't be that, like, the shiny black. That's where it starts to be crossing the line. But before it's, before it gets shiny burnt black, it's just, like, regular, really,
1: really dark. That's just all flavor. It's all, <laughs> it's all flavor. <laughs> it's, yeah. You're imbuing pure flavor.
0: <laughs> Color is flavor. I think that's from, like, salt, fat, acid, heat or something. Some cook, some famous cookbook says that kind of thing, and I buy it.
1: Yeah, I buy that. So, what are we doing today, See, dude? So we've been getting a ton of requests to do an episode about drums. Oh, true. Uh, specifically, like how to compose drums, mm-hmm. right? So, like a ton of people have been listening to the podcast early. Thank you for all of our uh, early listens. Thank you to everyone who's like listened for the first couple episodes. It's awesome. Yeah, um, I really appreciate it. it most people that have gotten back to me have said, hey, do something about drums. Um, And at first I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean drums? They're like, how do you do drums? Like, how does it work? Um, I'm like, I don't know. You just, you know, you just play drums. And I, I don't think I had ever really considered the fact that there is a way that drums should be put together and how drums usually sound in in commercial music Hmm. right and I think the first caveat that we should give before this episode starts is that Blake and I are both drummers right Blake from a really really young age um and me from not as young of an age but still middle school so Blake's been playing how long have you been playing drums like when did you pick up drums
0: you know I'll never forget this this is actually kind of funny I went into the band room in fifth grade and um kid named Spencer was on the drum set and you know they had one kid who played every instrument in eighth grade so obviously they look massive and they look like the smartest oldest people ever and he was showing the drum set that day and he played it and i had like never even wrapped like i'd obviously heard drums before but i'd never wrapped my head around about what a drum set was i'm like this thing is massive it's shiny there's like a million parts and i don't know what any of them do it's super loud, and it's the kid is so cool, and he's just shredding on the drums, and I loved it, and then I also knew right away, like, well, actually, drums are something that's kind of repetitive, but I've never really even had any issue just doing things over and over. I do that in all sorts of different things still to this day, <laughs> so I was like, drums might be for me, and that's when I uh, started to pursue the drum set.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. In fifth grade. Fifth grade, Yeah. Yeah, that's young. That's They're great. Very young. See, and that's that's sort of the age where you start playing drums and you grow up with it, and you don't really think about drums as an adult might think about drums. You don't think about them objectively. They're just, it's just part of you. Yeah. I feel lots like. of
0: stuff is automatic about drums for me, I, I feel like.
1: Right. You can just sort of feel where each drum's supposed to go. Like, if someone asked you to play a beat, you could play it because you're familiar with how... A drum beat is put together, like how a drum beat's supposed to go.
0: Yeah, that's funny. That brings me to another memory where my cousin—I have a my cousin—married this guy, and he, his nickname's Fluffy. And I was probably maybe a freshman in high school, maybe in eighth grade. He said, "Oh, you've been playing the drums, and we don't see each other much." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm playing the drums." He's like, "Oh, how good are you?" And I said, "Well, uh, I don't know. I don't like. I, I've. I don't know. I told him how long I've been playing, or something." And he's like, "Okay, but like, what can you play?" And I said. Well, I can probably play anything that you or I could beatbox. Like, that's kind of where I was at. And he's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, so not that good. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And I was, I kind of thought to myself for a minute, I'm like, I guess so. Like, neither of us are very good beatboxers, but I thought it was like quite kind of an achievement. Like, maybe I was even stretching saying I was that good because I didn't know if I could actually play anything either of us could beatbox. (laughs) Like, neither of us were really advanced musicians who could beatbox something complicated. I just thought it was kind of an interesting way to think about it like i was at a it's point also, where basic stuff made sense on drums and that's it
1: well so that's a kind of a weird question super like i weird. don't even know how i would answer that question
0: yeah he's such an analytical like, dude like like computer engineer who yeah. can break dance you know so oh just that's cool put those things together uh man why do talented, all of your
1: friends but... have like two superpowers <laughs> I feel like everyone you know right now is like, oh yeah, he's an airline pilot, um, and he also owns Bitcoin. <laughs> like, this is too... <laughs> Maybe that's just how that I categorize
0: good. my friends, you know? That's wonderful. Anyways.
1: Well, I guess the second caveat that we need to give before this episode is that we will be discussing quote-unquote, traditional drum organization. You know, the the kind of stuff you hear most often. Um, mm-hmm. This is the stuff you hear in pop music where the kick drum lands on the downbeat. Um, you know, all pop music, all R&B music, rock music, all of these genres sort of follow the same sort of organization pattern as far as mm. where to put the kick, snare, and all the rest of the stuff. Um, and this episode will be very very basic stuff like what you know we're we're gonna be sort of breaking down how a drum beat works um on a very basic level um but again all guidelines should be tried stretched and broken and you should feel free to take these rules and bend them or just ignore them that's fine too yeah
0: that's sweet actually i'm really excited that we're gonna sort of Focus on the basics because even though they're basics, actually, the thing that I struggle with the most in writing drums is that if my intuition doesn't guide me somewhere where I want to be, that I'm actually kind of lost in a weird way. All I have is like particular rhythms I've practiced or know, but I don't know how to sort of creatively explore and find a new rhythm, if that makes sense. Or if there's a new rhythm I hear in a new type of music that I haven't heard before, like it's really tricky for me to just say like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, write out that rhythm. Um, So sort of understanding the real basic building blocks around this, I think will really help sort of give give me frameworks that I can use or, you know, abuse, I guess, and and change into something else. So stoked on it. Let's do it.
1: That's sweet. Yeah, I I had kind of a hard time writing this episode only because I don't think I've ever really broken down drums this far before either because for oh. me it's still kind of ingrained you know i've been playing since uh s- like end of seventh grade you know so not i mean it's not quite as ingrained as uh maybe your lessons are but still like dr- playing like hopping on a drum set is still really natural it's like riding a bike yeah right so I've, i don't think i've ever thought this way like this basic before but i i think it's useful too i i like it so Today, I think we're just gonna make a drum beat, just naked, without anything else. Um, oh, I pulled yeah. up a bunch of random samples from my sample library and just put them into a drum rack. And I picked a BPM of 160. Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're just gonna construct a beat from the ground up. How Let's that do sound? it. That sounds Sweet.
0: great. I
1: love it. Okay. Well. Okay. Drums or drums that are really well put together or really well produced. In this case should always be thought of in three dimensions, like in 3D, right? And I'll cu- I'll sort of explain what that means a little bit later. First, let's tackle the two-dimensional aspects. These are the sounds we choose and where to put them, right? So traditionally speaking, the backbone of any beat is made up of the primary low sound, or almost always a kick um, or a thump, some sort of low fundamental pitch, and... The backbone is also made up of a secondary middle sound. That could be a drum, um, or sorry, that could be a snare drum. It could be a clap, a snap, a rim shot. Any of those would sort of count as the secondary middle sound. It's the thing that complements the kick drum, right? Mm. So really you want the kick and the snare to hold hands, right? And you should think of them together. You know, when you think of your... um, like Blake, for example, when you think of your favorite Latin beat that you think all pop music is gonna gonna follow yeah. in ten years, you think uh-huh. boo gu right? Uh-huh. Exactly. So that's sort of what you imagine that's kick, snare kick, snare, kick, snare kick, snare, right? Yeah. Low, middle, low, middle, low, middle, low, middle. Um, if you think of any other beat like do gut 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 everyone knows that one. Boop boop that's just you're just thinking about the kick and snare right kick kick snare kick snare kick snare kick snare right so you can sort of think like melodically about it in general the kick should always go on the downbeat of any bar so that's the first beat of any bar um like you'll have to tell me if you hear this but do you hear a metronome right now nope Okay, no metronome. That's fine. So the BPM that I have going on right now is one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Okay. So that's sort of the, the BPM that we've got going. I've got, th- I think, three kick samples. Blake, do you want to choose one? I have this one.
0: Nope. Oh, shoot. I'm not hearing it.
1: Oh, it's not working. Let me plug it back in. There it is oh yeah i was gonna say
0: have you tried unplugging it and plugging back in but that's, that's what that, I, so. I did <laughs>
1: <laughs> never fails bro so i have this one okay. sort of thumpy mm. i have this one yeah. sort of deeper sort of like more aggressive i have this one almost distorted oh which one do you want uh, let's go with the first one i like the first one yeah me too yeah that one's good it's classic yeah. And then as far as middle sounds, I have a ton of stuff pulled up. So I have a ton of, like, random snare samples. That one. Very hip-hop. Mm. That one's very lo-fi. Here's another one. That one's kind of bigger. And I got, mm. I got a, a clap. Sort of like a phasey, clappy thing. Mm. I have a rim shot. That's fun. I have this. I don't know what this is. Sort of a snare yeah, sound, of... but kind of clappy. It's like, whoosh, whoosh. I don't know. Yeah. I have this. Just a snap. Ooh, snap. Yeah.
0: I love snaps. Me too. Claps.
1: They'll all work. They all sort of change the, the vibe.
0: They do. quite. A- Actually, I really struggle with picking snare drum sounds because... Sometimes the ones like in isolation, the ones that sound the best or most interesting to me don't actually fit in my mix well. Yep. And then I kind of get, I'm like going through afterwards being like, oh, I need to replace all these. But I've heard the song a hundred times by then and I'm thinking, ah, these aren't quite right. And I I just get lost in that a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. And for everyone working in MIDI, um, if you compose your drums in MIDI and you have one track for your snare drum, I love picking like a placeholder snare, and then just dragging another snare sample into my drum rack, so that mm. the MIDI instrument will just play that new sample. And I'll get done with the song, and I'll like switch out a couple snare drums, um, to see which one fits the best. But you're definitely right. That's like, like, do it. oh yeah, it's, picking snare drums is horrible. It's really and hard. There's so many. I my snare folder is just like huge. It has so many. And it's like so they're so. Sometimes
0: they're so similar, and sometimes they're just completely different. It's like, how do you make the choice? What informs that choice? That's the tricky thing.
1: Yeah, just feeling. I think <laughs> you just mm-hmm. sort of know what it, It's right. <laughs> like you'll drag it in there, and you'll start playing with it, and be like, "Yeah, this feels. This feels really good." Hmm. I don't know. So okay, so maybe maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do that here. No. What's the what's the BPM again? What's the BPM that we've got? We've got two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So we can go boom, boom, da, boom, boom, da. Right? I love it. Easy. <laughs> An extra little kick drum in there at the end. Yeah, I love it. So that points. that's our that's our meat and potatoes, right? That's our backbone. That's that's easy. We can just loop that forever. Let's put it on a loop. <laughs> so now should we right. should we start subbing out um, snare samples? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's try this one. That one's okay. How about this a little one? A bit more of a good. Great- think that's too aggressive for me maybe that's interesting yeah it is interesting there's our rim shot that one's weird it is (laughs) now that's smooth
0: (laughs) i know i almost felt that with the clap a little it's like is this too like hang out in a room and be cool vibe that kind of works for some reason I don't know the
1: the big one is the one that I like I feel like we could make this really thick like the thing about thick drums is that they stand up to a lot of other stuff going on a lot of junk you can throw a lot of junk at a strong samples like this
0: and they still come through the mix well is that what you mean
1: yeah like in that snare sample there's just more like high end going on like it's biting you a little bit yeah well now that okay wait now that we're going in this direction maybe we should play with the kick sample too (laughs) oh okay okay let's try the second one nah it's too flubby
0: This is like the cool kids. <laughs> one, two, gonna lace up my shoe. Three, four when I step out
1: the door. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm kinda of feeling this one.
0: Yeah, me too. This is like, like kind of it's fun. It's so
1: strong. <laughs> but they go they go well together.
0: Yeah, they're friendly. They're friendly.
1: Yeah, they're getting along. They're playing well together. <laughs> well cool. So That's sometimes where I start making a beat. Sometimes I'll go at it from a backwards place. Like I'll record something else and then do the kick and snare later. But for the most part, I think about drums like the kick and snare is it's what's holding it all together. You know, that's my that's home base. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So the driving force of any beat, the thing that propels it forward is usually something on the high end. Right, that's that's a hi hat, a tambourine, or a shaker of some kind. And I have so many. like mm. I have a ton of hi hat samples pulled up.
0: I love that you call it the driving force. It is kind of an energy level. Because I think of immediately of sort of hip hop beats where they have those hi hats that are like oh yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's like a lot of energy, but you can also keep it real sparse. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's like and the faster that hi hat goes, the more driving it is, right? Because you can. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing this live, but but if I play it twice as fast, more driving. So it it's just like, however, however driving you want the drums to be, and you can switch yeah. it up halfway through. It doesn't matter really. Yeah. But you I love messing with thing, all those hits too. Yeah. Yeah, that that high thing that you have in there, either a hi hat, or a tambourine, or a shaker, or something that that goes continually, um, in an equal way, sort of should be as fast as you want the energy of the song to be, right? So if I if I want like more of a chill vibe, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be here, but. If I want the, the vibe to be a little crazier, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, do the hi-hat twice as fast, right? Or even, like, yeah, I can grab a shaker, too. Yeah, I have a little egg shaker. You know, that's crazy. That's so much energy. Yeah. Right, that's, that's like, nutty.
0: It's a good sound. Is that a real shaker? Is that a mini shaker?
1: Yeah, it's just like a little egg shaker, like I the ones it. that you pick up at the music shop for like three bucks. Yeah, I have so many Those though. I, let's see. I I have this little like, this little Dungeons and Dragons dice block thing that I filled with pepper, <laughs> like Wait, ground pepper. So I have a I have like a Dungeons and Dragons dice, cube holder thing. Um, that I had it like since I was a kid, since we played Dungeons and Dragons together. Actually, oh my gosh,
0: throwback! And I still
1: had it somewhere, um, and I filled it with with ground pepper. Wow! So it just makes it. It's like really it kind sounds of great. subtle. Yeah, I like it. I've got this other egg. Like I've got this other this little like <laughs> this little guy. I've got a bag. <laughs> I've got like a bag of dice in, in like a little felt bag that I just hold with two hands and sometimes I use that yeah. I don't know the
0: bag has like a little elastic sound to it I really like the the dice
1: yeah the dice are really nice <laughs> nice dice the dice, are dice we might use the dice later I like the dice for like low key in the background sounds but we'll get there we'll get there do we want to add some okay. hi-hats to this thing?
0: Yeah, you know, can I tell you what I'm called to?
1: Yeah, what are you called to?
0: So I'm really called to the slow hi-hat, and I think it would be awesome if you played it. <laughs> now I'm being a bit of a nerd here, but um, like a little bit beh- like lazy and slow, like behind the beat that. almost. I can kinda do that. Kind of like, you know, how, you know, people started sampling and in, in lo-fi beats, you hear this, and they kind of move everything back. And it's almost because like their samples, like they cut it too far before the actual hit, so mm-hmm. then everything was like slightly late, and it like made this whole style. And now when I like play drums or tap on stuff, I like try to play in that style because it just sounds so cool and laid back. Um. Anyways, that's my thought.
1: Let's do it. Uh, do you want to choose a hi hat? So I-, I think I have three. Oh, yeah. I have this one. Really simple. I have this one. And I have this one.
0: Ooh, so that second one's like the boldest, but maybe the third one would sound good, too. I think Just the third like... one would sound really good. Yeah, because it's so quiet and chill. Let's
1: do yeah. that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to do your like lo-fi behind the beat thing. I think I know what you mean. It's like sort of a half swing thing. Yeah.
0: Like that sort of vibe? Yes, it's like almost the, like when it comes at the same time as the snare drum, it's almost a flam, you know? It's like, what? Uh-huh. Uh, I love it. It just keeps you on your toes too.
1: <laughs> so fun. Let's look at the grid. Yeah, every other one is like slightly late. I like that interesting yeah every other that's cool yeah so it gives us oh sorry what, what was that i was gonna say that's bold of you
0: to just play it i would have just played it like as tight to the grid as i can and then went in and just pulled some back
1: i had to um... move a few just now I it's this really thing on...
0: weird to play like that. You know, it's hard.
1: Oh yeah, the half swing is really strange because it can like become a full swing really easily. Right? It can like here I'll, I'll mute this one. It can become like a like a <laughs> like it, yeah. it can become that vibe really quick.
0: Yeah, you're right, and that's not quite the right feeling.
1: Right. No, I love that lazy, almost like woozy feeling.
0: I I imagine nice. a drummer kind of like hitting the hi-hat and then like kind of waving their stick in a big circle before hitting it again, kind of <laughs> slow and just, you know.
1: Yeah, they're just hanging out. Hanging out. Cool. Well, that's, this is kind of the, this is the baseline beat. I mean, this is it, right? This is sometimes all you need. If you pay attention to some of the, Some of your favorite songs, some of them really only have these three elements, kick, snare, and hi-hat. And some of them only have kick, snare. So cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I think a really good example of simple drums that I can think of right now is Maybe by Mariah the Scientist. Ooh. Really, really good. I think it's called Maybe. Yeah, it's called Maybe by Mariah the Scientist. It starts out with a sample and just kick and snare. Um, And then later on in the song, it introduces just like a hi-hat layer. A layered hi-hat layer, but a hi-hat layer. And that's all that the song is. And it's really effective. It's all it needs. It's wonderful.
0: That's cool. You know, I've always noticed some, some some of the best drummers in the world have like the most insane drum kits too. But a lot of really good drummers have really, really simple drum kits like Sometimes True. literally only I snare and a bass drum. And I know a lot's digital these days, but still just a note that some you can do so much with so little.
1: You really can. The, the drummer from Alt-J is who I think of. Oh, yeah. When he said that. Like, he doesn't have any cymbals.
0: Yeah, like, so creative with, like, playing <laughs> on the rim and all these other different... He gets a lot of sounds out of that kit.
1: He really does. I like that. Plus, drum, drum cymbals are horrible to mic. <laughs> the oh, I bet. <laughs> okay.
0: It's <There's> an explosion.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're a problem. So now this is the main body, of the beat, right? And we can flesh this out as much as we want. Um, so let's flesh it out a little with some in between stuff. We should add some sort of. We should add a layer that's pitching in between the snare and the hi hat, right? Um, hmm. It can be a bell, like a water bottle. I don't know, just something that like, it isn't a high tone, but it isn't quite a middle tone. It's sort of in between. Uh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. in between in, in pitch. Okay. Right. Maybe here. I just I have a water bottle over here, and I have a mallet, uh, like a tiny little like xylophone mallet. <laughs> what
0: I room is this? You have everything in the room you're in.
1: <laughs> I know. I I have it all within arm's reach. Go check out our episode on feng shui, on setting up your studio.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what was that episode called? It's like episode two or three or something. Um, Not sure what it's called. I forget. No, it's not one. Eh, It it was one or two or three, whichever one seems the most about friction. Um, (laughs) It's a good one.
1: (laughs) So for this layer... Um here I'll turn on my my other mic over here. Yeah, that's not bad. It might be too I much like gain. That. But it's just something it, that's not the hi-hat that we can play any way we want, right? We could really do anything. You know, anything. Doesn't matter. Just put something down. could be
0: anything, couldn't it? Like it could just okay. be kind of random and it'd be a layer of sound.
1: Yeah. Why not? And then the, the great thing about Ableton is that we can go into that sample. Mm-hmm. And we can just press. We can make the grid, I don't know, eighth notes. Maybe 16th notes. And that we can press uh, Control A, Control U, and it'll automatically quantize all of the hits.
0: Whoa. Of audio <laughs> now file. it sounds
1: off. <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> that, that. I'm just moving stuff around. That's funny. That is cool
0: that it can uh, that it can quantize the audio file like that, but.
1: That's not bad
0: Gives it a little flavor Like it's not so bare bones anymore
1: Yeah it's got a little bit of movement Like each thing you give it Is sort of giving it a little bit of movement And you know this is almost like This sound that we chose Isn't really that present It's almost in the back
0: It's it is, giving yeah. it
1: depth Now we're starting to get into the 3D realm Of of making a beat right? So we, we were talking about doing stuff in 2d right 2d is like you know how early or late should the drums be you know we were discussing the fact that the hi-hat should be half swung sort of like sort of late on the on Mm -hmm. the second part of the hi-hat that's sort of discussing the 2d aspects of stuff when we start to talk about putting stuff more in the back making stuff quieter having background elements in the beat then we're we're expanding the dimensions of our beat to 3d Right, we're giving the thing depth.
0: Okay, so the dimensions are what sounds you pick and then where you put those sounds in time. And then the third dimension is front back. Is right and left included in that like panning? I think so.
1: Yeah, I sort of okay. naturally pan stuff a little bit. In general for those of you who are interested in panning, the kick and snare conventionally should be placed in the middle of the mix in mono. Um with some really fun exceptions. You can have stereo kick, I like stereo kick. Um, you can also give your snare a little bit of stereo reverb, that's nice, but in general your kick and snare should be in the middle. And then everything else can be panned to the sides as much as you want. I like to achieve sort of a balance, so if I, if I play something completely in the right ear, I like to have another completely different element in the left ear. Um, if I pan something like 15 points to the left, I'll choose another element of a similar nature to push 15 points to the right. Okay. You know, so that's some symmetry to it. Yeah. I like symmetry. I know a lot of producers that like asymmetry, you know, they like, I, I know a producer uh, that likes to put his snare drums a little off to the side to give it that unsettling quality. It'll, it all it'll just depends on what Ooh. you're going for. I like that.
0: I hadn't heard of the idea of putting a kick in stereo, so like, that means two kicks that are exactly the same, right? One's all the way left, one's all the way right?
1: Well, not exactly the same. If you did that, you would just have mono. But if you wanted to put a little bit of chorus on your kick drum, um, or if you wanted to have the same exact kick drum pitched up a little bit and sampling a little bit later, then you would get stereo. That's also a way to do it too. But yeah. Wow, that's cool. I mean, try it at home if if you want to try getting the same exact kick happening at the same exact time, just hard pan left and right, and compare it mm-hmm. to the same mono sample. It'll be exactly the same.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll fall for that one.
1: Isn't that <laughs> isn't that weird though? Isn't that weird to think about? Oh, um. What a bottle! We just did the the water bottle sample find a layer in between the the kick and the snare sort of like a thumpy middle low layer perhaps
0: oh okay so That's... we're we're adding the fifth layer now right
1: yeah yeah we're just we're just going we're just fleshing it out um and this okay, can so add a fi- little bit of depth too but it this can still be sort of present let's okay. see okay so i was okay. gonna
0: say fifth layer and then we'll sort of start messing with the the front and back or the 3d
1: i think so yeah perfect yeah let's add another like quote-unquote top layer so let's see what do i have the this layer can be like maybe a tom or some like weird percussion thump or something Mm. like this this is this is in my percussion folder i like this one what do you think yeah i like that too it's different enough
0: from the kick i feel like it needs to be I guess it could be similar. I don't. As soon as I started saying it, I started thinking to myself, "Well, that's not true. It could be different. It could be the same."
1: Sometimes I like um, taking that same kick sample and pitching it up like a half an octave, like seven half steps or something. Oh, that's fun too. Interesting. That's fun, and then I'll make it a little quieter. Actually, we should do that later. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So for now. Let's put this sample, so with this kind of layer, I like putting it right before other samples to give it sort of a jump. Whoa. Right?
0: That beat just transformed. (laughs) Like. Wow. that's That's incredible. Like you added the water bottle, and I'm like, okay, it's got some texture, it's not so sparse. But then you add that, and it's almost like it's almost subconscious in a way. Like if I wasn't paying attention, I'd just be like, oh, this beat slaps.
1: I just added another snare drum accidentally. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that grooves right
0: was it just two snares layered too and then that tom
1: now it's just the tom we can add another snare somewhere what's that another snare at the end okay yeah now we have like a double snare thing yeah that really works
0: that really grooves really works
1: So, this is great. And I I think for a lot of things this would work, right? But if you're going for that human quality to your drums, or if you're thinking like, this beat sort of feels a little stale, a little stagnant, Mm -hmm. that probably is because you're not utilizing the full depth of the possibility of your drums. Mm. Right? So this is the this is the 3d element right uh, there's okay. a difference between volume and intensity right um, and we can we can mess with both volume and intensity naturally and artificially but the idea is that you can play a drum really loud like a snare drum and decrease its volume and it's going to sound like a really loud snare drum played at low volume <laughs> right <laughs> right but. Yep there's a difference between that and playing that same snare drum really quiet and just turning up the volume of that sample right so then you have a really loud sample of a really quiet sounding drum
0: it's actually kind of similar to what we were talking about with mics and how you you know different mics and being really close and then turning like gain staging right you can be really close uh talk quietly and like be aggressive on the gain or the opposite right yeah um You get different amounts of character, or you get different characters of the drum in this case, right?
1: Yeah, that's 100%. And with drums, it's a little bit trickier, right? Especially when you're producing and you're like playing with samples, because there really isn't a good way of making a sample seem less intense. There are tricks that you can do, um, which I think we can play with right now, but Hmm. there really isn't a really great way to make it sound like the drum is being played quieter. Right. For all the drummers who are somehow still listening, like that makes complete sense. Like playing a drum quieter, you just play a drum quieter and it sounds less intense. Yeah, very easy. So as far as as far as all of our extra layers, let's just mute them for now. Let's mute the water bottle and let's mute the little tom noise that we had. So we're back to basics. Right? Now Every hip-hop producer at some point has been told to layer your hi-hats, right? That's like that's like the, the holy grail of being a legit hip-hop producer is layering <laughs> your hi-hats. Um, and this can be done a number of ways, right? The first way that I always look at is just playing with my velocities. So okay. when you have MIDI, um, every MIDI note is played with a velocity and the velocity can span from 1 to 127. I still don't know exactly why it's 127. It has something to do with bits, (laughs) but it's 127 is the max. Um, And I have a little beat pad, a little like launch pad that I use, Um, but you can use your keyboard. And the keyboard I think will input at 95 velocity. Um, At any rate, there should be a little bar at the bottom of your piano roll that gives you a little node that you can slide up and down to change the velocity of each of each hit, right? So right now, our hi-hats are coming in at exactly the same velocity every hit, right? Exactly the same volume, um, which isn't very human. That's not really the way a drummer would play it, right? The drummer would play the first hi-hat in a series of four, the loudest, and then the second and fourth hit would be significantly quieter, with the third hit being a little louder than that, right? But you can play with it, right? You can you can sort of step your way down. You can make one loud, two a little quieter, three a little quieter than that, and four really quiet. Um, you can make two quiet, three really quiet, and then four a little less quiet. Like, it doesn't really matter. I can actually play with that. Let's try that. So let's drag. Let's drag our second hit in every series of four, so that it's a little quieter. Our third one will be really quiet, and then our fourth one in every series of four will be a little quieter than the second one. Hmm. Let's see how that sounds. Yeah, that's a little different.
0: Yeah, it's contrast more alive.
1: That. Yeah, it sounds like more of a drummer. I mean, contrast that to what it used to sound like. And now the new one. Yeah. Right. I'm liking that. It's sounding a little a little more lively. Like there's a little more air and and, uh, and life to it.
0: It's kind of an interesting concept that I... Just referencing so many episodes this episode, but I think it was in vocal doubling that we were talking about. Um, was it in vocal doubling? Or another one where we were talking about synths or something. And just things you can do to make it sound more human, and we keep using more human, more alive, uh, moving away from like the cookie cutter MIDI sound. Um, and it's so interesting that, that that that's a pretty strong concept in in production. I feel like I, I see producers put like a ridiculous amount of effort into making everything sound a little alive, a little different. A hit here, a hit there. Nothing is the same, you know. Uh, it's kind of an interesting obsession that some producers have. Um, but also, you can just change the velocity on a few notes and bada boom, bada bang. It sounds alive enough, I Man, guess. that's, that's so a, true. It's <laughs> a weird so expression. True. Alive enough.
1: <laughs> alive enough. Yeah, producers do spend a lot of time like making things seem lively, <laughs> you yeah, know, or, like interesting, non robotic. It's interesting that that
0: makes. I mean, maybe it doesn't make a difference at the, once. You're like really, really deep into it, but some of the producers that promote that are some of the best producers. So it's sort of This, is it a subconscious thing? I mean, I mean, it's obvious when you change the hi-hat that it's a more dynamic beat. That's more enjoyable in a way to me. But, you know, if you were deep in a mix and you take one hit that happens two times in the whole mix and you change it a little bit, like, am I going to notice that? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like if you do a subconscious like action like that four or five mm -hmm. times. Like each one of those subsequent actions that you take, you probably won't notice it, but if you compared the song before those actions were taken to after those actions were taken, you might really notice a difference. You know, oh, or you you and might at least right back to feel... your A B testing. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. God, we should do <laughs> an episode like... on A <laughs> Bing. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> honestly, that's super key, and I've I've seen it a lot in like EQing. You know, you're messing with E Q. You're you what you do is you take the little eq knob and you turn it all the way up and you find what you like or don't like and then boost it or cut it right um yeah and then you test your eq on and off and see if it actually makes a difference because everything is such a small difference but it adds up and you can get lost in the sauce so easy
1: yeah yeah try and swim in the sauce know what the sauce tastes like but don't get lost in the sauce (laughs) don't
0: get lost (laughs) for god's
1: sakes (laughs) don't get lost
0: would you jump in a pool of tomato sauce yeah yeah. What about a pool of, um, of, um, what's something that's like kind of gross but not too gross, <laughs> like pea soup? Yeah. Would you <laughs> jump in a pool of <laughs> pea know. soup?
1: I don't know. I'm not I sure. I think I have
0: something interesting to bring to the pool jumping in debate, which is that sometimes things like pea soup, I'm a definite yes, um, and my reason is that how often do you see a pool of pea soup? Like, and you have the opportunity (laughs) to jump in it. Like, the novel experience factor is almost worth it as long as it's not too gross. Um, Anyways, just...
1: (laughs) I guess you're right. I guess also I would feel bad that someone, like, made that much pea soup so that people could jump in it. And I'm just sitting there like, no, I'm not going to do that because it's weird. Like, I think I would feel bad.
0: There's a different question though. Would you jump in a pool of pea soup after 30 or 40 other people had jumped in that pool? And like I would with water, but for some reason with pea soup, it feels so much more gross. It
1: feels different, doesn't it?
0: It's just like, ah, it's pea soup and like if it's fresh pea soup, <laughs> for some reason that's better.
1: <laughs> I think the pea soup needs to have chlorine in it for oh. me to feel safe. <laughs>
0: That's oh, a good God. point, but then I don't know if I'd want to jump in if it was chlorine pea soup. <laughs> it's not fresh.
1: Is <laughs> it fresh? Well, can, then can you say the same with water?
0: <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. See, there's so True many. It. I mean, Socrates would have loved this debate, right? Oh, now. he would
1: have. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. I don't. I'm not ever jumping in a public pool ever again.
0: Yeah, I'm only going to jump in public pools that haven't been jumped in before and are filled with strange <laughs> materials that are kind of gross, but not too gross. There, I've said oh it.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Blake, um, should, we, anyways. should we play with the velocities of our uh, kick and snare too?
0: Yeah, we should. Question okay. for you. Can you just randomize
1: them? Yeah, why not? I mean, you can.
0: I mean, like maybe the- we don't want to do that, but...
1: Well, so uh, nice. I'm always thinking like... There's a way that there's a way that my mind kind of hears the drum. Like I'm not hearing oh. it like goo goo ga goo goo ga right I'm hearing a like, goo goo ga goo goo ga. Yeah, some you beats know?
0: are bigger than others.
1: Yeah. So like just based on how I sang that, let's drag the ones that I sang quieter down a little bit. Um hmm. and then keep the ones that I didn't sing quieter the same. Um, and then there's that little extra snare hit at the end. Maybe we should make that quieter, too. Do, do, ga, goo, do, ga, do, ga. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Oh, so yeah. Let's, it's a little bit more of a... Let's hear it. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: I don't mind that. It does. Yeah, I don't mind it either.
1: Let's add it's the... It's almost a little uh...
0: bit sharp in how much the velocity changes, I think, but... Overall, yeah. it sounds good. Maybe
1: we should split the difference. Let's uh, let's make the, the quiet ones a little louder. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I definitely
0: feel that. I actually just think it's because my ear is focusing on the bass drum. I think that's the only reason it's happening.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we could have left it there and it'd be really stark. But uh, I like that. It's, th- like This version is more subtle. It's yeah. more of a feeling this way than, a, than an actual, than actual thing. Maybe we should add the Tom and water bottle back in.
0: Yeah, I love those.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So another thing we can do is, quote-unquote, layer our hi-hats, right? And really what that is, to a hip-hop producer anyway, um, is another hi hat that's either a different sample, or the same hi hat played at a different pitch, um, mm. and okay. then quieter. So, let's let's do that because I I like I like having the same sample pitched a little bit down, and then quieter. So let's actually yeah. make that layer. I
0: was and yeah while you do that I was uh, let's just reference more episodes and the stuck to you episode. You did that with a snare drum. You pitched it down. For a particular transition in the song, it wasn't just like in the beat, but it really was a nice effect, and you chopped off the tail of the snare drum too, and it kind of went, bup, 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 but in snare sound. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just such a good, like, it was like you walked down the one step in between two different rooms, and you're like, oh, I'm in a new room now.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, pitching drums is always a good idea, you
0: know? So sick. No matter what. It's a cool little thing you can do.
1: Okay. Well, here's our old sample. And that's our new one. So that's just quieter and pitched up two half steps. So we can actually huh. just play, like, a slightly faster thing on this hi-hat, right? Okay. So that's this is our beat now. We give the, the thing some depth. We can... That's fun. Oh,
0: I love this beat.
1: You know what's You know what's cool is that the mm-hmm. the fact that the hi hats are uneven. Oops. <laughs> I tried to <laughs> fill in something. <laughs> The fact that the that the um that the hi hats are uneven sort of gives the new hi hat layer like a like a flam quality like a oh
0: yeah that's a good point
1: whoa that's that's interesting
0: that is interesting flams just sound so different than. Like, notes within a certain distance from each other, I would call a flam. And they just sound really different. I don't know why. It's not... It becomes one note to your ear. It's like, that's one thing, but there's something too about it. <laughs> I, I look flam, <laughs> That makes too. any sense.
1: Yeah, flams yeah. are great. For those non-drummers in the audience, flams are when you hit a drum twice twice really quick. So, like... I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> like, if yeah. I'm if I'm hitting my chest, it's... Yeah, as, as opposed to just one, but now I'm hitting it with both my hands, a little offset. That'd be a flamp. Usually,
0: Yeah, usually one of those is a little bit quieter, too, somehow. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, it's this weird thing where it's like, it sounds like one thing, but it also sounds like two things. It's like in that perception range where your brain gets a little confused. You're like, is that one or two? <laughs> and it just is nice. I don't know.
1: It is nice. So the thing about layering hi-hats is the idea is that one of these hi-hats are way in the back. Right. right now, I have both of these hi-hat layers sort of playing at the same volume. But I'm going to lower the, the hi-hat that we just made to where it's really sitting in the background. So here I go. Yeah. That's almost half as quiet now. Or half as loud. Wow. <laughs> it's half as loud. <laughs> but it's really far back there. Yeah. So we can do the same thing with our um, our kick drum. Cause we were talking about doing that before. So let's, let's do that quick. All right. So what, what, we use this one, right? So let's copy that and let's pitch it up six half steps. Um, kind of sounds like a tube. Let me shorten that say up a little bit. Hello. Wow. Yeah, and then let's put it really far in the back. Maybe lower it a bit. Yeah. And we can sort of use it kind of like we use that tom. Whoa. <laughs> we can sort of stick it in between the kicks. Yeah. Right? So let's Yeah. Let me just throw something in. <laughs> that last one was not very good. Let me move that last one over <laughs> here.
0: Yeah. So, what I'm noticing is like the hits are starting to hide more and more in the mix uh, or in the, the total beat because it's kind of busy. Yeah. But still, like our bass, our, our original, sorry, our original kick, snare, and hi hat are like what I hear unless I'm telling my brain, hey, look for this kick that you just tuned. Otherwise, it's just like I hear the original thing, but it's somehow like busy in a fun way. Really cool effect.
1: Yeah, that's 100% true. And it's sort of like, all of this quote unquote invisible stuff It is what gives the drums depth. It's what gives it movement, Yeah. right? So like, let me see if I can key bind all of our elements that are considered backing or like secondary. I'll just give them all one key so that I can mute them easily. Yeah, so uh, here's but- our regular beat. And then I'll turn on everything else.
0: Yeah, it's night and day.
1: Yeah, right? There's so much more going on.
0: So busy in a fun way. And Yeah, you're right. It has so much depth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like there's so much going on in the back that... You really wouldn't be able to articulate like what it is or what, what's going on, but you'll know it when you hear it. With a lot of these busier production mixes and sort of like pop music that gets crazy, there's a lot of mm-hmm. backing drum stuff going on.
0: Yeah, there really is. And I must admit, when you, when you said depth, I initially thought of forward and back as like, you know, some people say, oh, you put reverb on something and then it moves it back. Uh, makes it feel farther away Uh, so I thought you were going to do that type of thing to the drum but this is a whole nother type of depth where it's velocity and volume play to make this sense of movement and aliveness in the whole beat
1: yeah yeah that's it's funny how we we sort of describe reverb as depth but also volume differences as depth too it's interesting it makes me think of Maybe there's a there's a certain element to live music that will always be a thing with recorded music, that like yeah, when when you point. put things through reverb, it sort of creates the illusion that you're in a bigger space than you recorded the song in.
0: Yeah, you know, be interesting is <laughs> okay, if you were if you, here's the psychology psychologist in me speaking, if you were if you were born a a little baby and you you only listened to recorded music that didn't follow these principles of depth and that's the only thing you ever heard. Um, would it still feel far away to have reverb or or not?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should ask it's, it's... a baby.
0: <laughs> we should ask a baby. <laughs> we ask it's a baby. It's just cool. <laughs> it's just like how like we keep saying like, okay, well these drums, in order for them to feel more like a drummer, more alive, and then we're like, okay, in order to have depth we need to do things and make it the way that we hear it in real life, where it's like, oh, if something's far away, it sounds like this. It's a little quieter, has a little more reverb, maybe if it's in a big space, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's funny, we're just like imitating the real world in a DAW.
1: Yeah, we sort of are. Yeah, who who knows what's real human ingrainment? Mid-
0: yeah, you know, nature and like, nurture, eh?
1: Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I have no clue. One me? thing I do
0: know is this beat has depth.
1: Sure do have depth. Let's give it sure one does. more layer of depth.
0: Yes. I wonder that's... if we
1: can. I um it seems like there's room. What else do I have in here? I have um oh I <laughs> I have these little
0: <laughs>
1: these like cool. casio sounds that we can yeah. put really far back. Let's make these really quiet. <laughs> I wonder if we we're even gonna be able to tell. Actually, pan them too. Okay, Let's see if I can come up with something. Now nah, that's that's dumb. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> i don't mind that good 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 that's kind of fun
0: these fit nice with the water bottle
1: oh they do yeah let's isolate them Yeah, have a section it's of funny. your beat that's just that, and then it's just the kick and snare later. That's
0: a great, because you'd never see the kick and snare coming in that, you know? It's such a skeleton of something else, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, we're in this beat.
1: Yeah, that's totally true.
0: So cool how they fit together, too, like, such a synthetic sound, and a very live sound of you in your room with the water bottle, you know, (laughs) tapping on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You could, I mean, if you're a producer, you could make a drum out of anything. Like I've recorded layers, like backing layers of just me hitting my desk before because it just seemed to fit. Maybe we were also being lazy that day. I don't really know. (laughs) But
0: I think, um, Phineas went on some talk show and talked about how he used, either in australia or new zealand like the crosswalk sound as like a hi-hat
1: oh that's and sweet
0: once you hear it in isolation you're like oh yeah it's a crosswalk sound and huh. then you hear it in the beat and you're like whoa that sounds awesome <laughs> <It's> so cool
1: <laughs> man that's cool phineas has a talent for that sort of thing of like yeah. finding these sounds that he that he just knows will work that's cool that, that takes practice
0: it does you got to be always hunting for that kind of stuff too i feel like
1: that's true and collecting stuff and putting it in your samples folder (laughs) collect samples why not yeah sample collector well should we talk about transitions real quick yeah maybe i jumped the
0: gun i brought up stuck to you earlier because that was you kind of did that with some drums there didn't you
1: I, yeah, yeah I did. I mean listen to our stuck to you episode for sure. We break down a song that Blake and I made and we do plan on breaking down other people's songs. If you have a song that you want us to break down, email us at the Shed podcast at gmail.com And Heck yeah, uh
0: nice nice little segue.
1: yeah thanks <laughs> little little plug there little plug but really reach out and uh just send us something. If you want us to break it down on the show, let us know. Um, and if you don't, let us know, and we—I mean, we'll still we'll still hang out, and we we can still talk, we can still chat. Be yeah, be but nice. as far as just uh, add transitions, transitions <laughs> transitions go, as far as those go, reel. they can be anything really. I mean, you've seen drummers do this if you've ever watched a drum video. You sort of know what it sounds like. It's like at the end of a phrase, the drummer will do something different. He'll break from the beat and he'll hit a bunch of drums in a way that lets you know, oh, there's a new section of the song coming, you know? Or like, oh, I'm at the end of this four-bar phrase. Or like, it's time for the pre-chorus, you know? There's ways that drummers do that. Um, And in production, it can be a little bit tedious to synthesize, right? Um, Mm. But it's important. It's important to know when the sections of your song are changing and to compose the drums accordingly. Um, But it can really be fun creatively too, because transitions can be anything. Like Blake mentioned, uh, we have a song where it, the transition for the drums is just the same snare sample that we use for the whole song, but just tuned weird and and sliced and pitched different. So it sounds like... Kuh, 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 kuh. You know, it can be like... It can be that. It can be a cymbal. Like usually people, like drummers will hit cymbals at the uh, transition points. It can be white noise sweeps... Um, it can be toms like tom drums it can be anything really it's just anything different um i happen to like uh putting high end stuff through a lot of reverb and just sort of letting it like shimmer i like that as an effect as, as a producer i like toms i like tom fills so maybe we can do like a mm-hmm. high end shimmery thing maybe we should grab the yes, dice bag yeah. Because we haven't grabbed the dice bag yet. Okay, so how we do this is we roll off all the low end first um, before we record. And then we choose a really big reverb. Um, Let's choose Valhalla Supermassive. If you are curious about Valhalla as a company, go to their website. They're a, a vintage analog reproduction... Uh, a reverb and delay company that makes plugins that are supposed to emulate analog uh, reverbs and delays. And their Valhalla Supermassive is free, which is wonderful. That's Um, pretty cool. So I like, let's see, let's choose a large reverb. Let's go with (laughs) C-beams. I don't really know how this will sound, but the way that we we record it is we sort of just like, (laughs) <laughs> we just do that. Whoa. So let's uh That's fun. Yeah. I mean let's let's let our beat play out and on when the beat goes around two times we'll record a shaker. So here's four. So at the end of this little phrase we'll record our thing. yeah so we'll mm. let it go around again i wonder if that was loud enough yeah it sort of lets you know there's a new section coming it does the other
0: thing it does is it hangs out for long enough it sort of bleeds into the new section and that again sort of makes the whole beat feel alive because you don't necessarily hear it as a loop so much it's more of A thing that's going on right
1: that's actually a good point i don't think i'd consider that but that is a good point that's like i mean it's i guess what it's sort of doing is emulating a symbol in a weird way you know because symbols do that. wow you're right they like sort of they they hang out but yeah it sort of like makes it feel less repetitive and robotic yeah
0: there's this thing i love that drummers do called playing over the bar where usually you end a fill right at the end of the bar and then you're back into the regular beat. Um, but sometimes you can decide to end the fill two beats into the next bar. It's like a little bit late, essentially playing the fill too long. Um, and it feels really cool and off-putting and sort of makes that effect too. Uh, oh, but God. this kind of does it too because it, it it keeps going. You know, It doesn't just end right there and it's like, okay, now we restart. <laughs> that's It's a like, great. oh, we're, we're carrying on.
1: God, that's great. Yeah, I love. It. I gotta do that more when I'm drumming. I've been doing a lot of drumming recently at the studio. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Randomly. I haven't played anything. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, randomly. I'm just being like hired to play really simple, like R and B drums, which is really fun, because I don't really have to, um, I don't have to reveal that I'm not actually that great of a drummer. <laughs> I, can, oh. I can just chill out, you know.
0: <laughs> also, the best drummers don't don't overplay you know so sometimes it's nice to just have something kind of chill to play
1: true that's why they hire me because i literally can't overplay (laughs) (laughs) that's the
0: dream gig though i always i always i think i posted this on our twitter too which is really silly but my dream gig is literally to play auxiliary percussion in any band like especially like a big band Oh my god. It's like I play congas, you know? It's like whatever. I show up, I just like vibe on the congas and have like a ton of energy. I play triangle, you know. Oh, I play the shaker. It's so fun. You just like barely have to think and you're having a good time and vibing into the music. Oh my
1: god. Dude, being a funk player and playing the triangle is not easy. Oh, maybe I've maybe I've misjudged. <laughs> no, I mean you you get the hang of it, but it's not quite it's not like quite as easy as it looks. You know, you're like you're trying you're trying to like mute the thing. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, you're like, you're like palm muting the triangle. <laughs>
0: yeah, like triangles actually parts. are they're super under, uh, underappreciated in how difficult they are. Um, yeah. Like muting triangles is no joke. I've tried that before, it's really hard, but muted triangle sounds so cool too.
1: It sure does. I, I, dev- I definitely don't think the triangle is a difficult instrument to play well but it's not quite as easy as it might seem (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) i don't know if you were there but in high school band and of course just like talking with you always brings back all these memories but we had um what's it called where you like play for who gets first chair and stuff oh Um, i don't remember placements like little yeah little tests you know yeah i remember that um but anyways, he's going around doing the percussion section, and we don't have chairs. It's just, can you play your part? Um, but my buddy had a part in the triangle, and it didn't have that many notes. So he's like, he comes to him, and he's like, all right, and he looks at his part. He's like, okay, just hit the triangle once. And so, you know, <laughs> he holds it up his eye level, because that's how you're supposed to do it, so you can be exactly in line with the conductor. And he, he has the little thing, and he's like, all right, and sort of the, the class gets quiet. Like, we're all doing other stuff, but usually it, gets, it got kind of quiet and, like, looked at him. And he just went for it and missed. <laughs> all he had to do was hit it one time, and he just missed, and everyone just
1: died. It was the funniest thing ever. Can I uh, can I make a guess at who that was? Oh my gosh! Yes, you can. Was that Jared? It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope he's doing well.
0: Yeah, hope he's doing great well. Great guy.
1: I saw him recently. I saw no him way. this year. Yeah, he plays guts with my brother. Weirdly enough. What? So I saw him at a Guts tournament. Guts Frisbee. Guts is a wild game. Guts is a wild game. It's insane. This has nothing to do with drumming, but for those of you who are unfamiliar with Guts Frisbee, it's teams of five, and they each stand across from each other, maybe, I don't know, uh, like 40 or 50 feet apart, and Mm -hmm. they chuck a disc like like a Frisbee as hard as they can at the other team, And the other team has to catch it before it touches the ground.
0: Sounds miserable.
1: It's insane. It's like, why do people do this? It's crazy. It's
0: like all about your reaction time. And don't they sometimes have to like deflect it to another person on their team to grab because it's just going too fast?
1: Yeah, they like pop it up and there's like a, there's like someone designated as like the pop-up guy or something. There's like positions that you can play. I don't really understand.
0: I was going to say, it just doesn't seem like there's enough happening in the game to be interesting, but a lot of people play it, so it must be fun.
1: It must be fun. It seems like when... I mean, man, I went to this tournament that my brother was in, I, and I went to watch, and people were, mm-hmm. like, trash-talking each other. They were, like, really hype, and a team would score, and they'd be like, that's right! You know? Like, it, was, it, wow. was, it was... It was intense. It was fun. That sounds... That sounds
0: like a spectacle.
1: Yeah, I highly recommend going going and watching. <laughs>
0: You get the opportunity.
1: Yeah, that's fun. Well, Jer- I'm sorry you missed the triangle. That sucks, buddy.
0: Oh, it was so fun, and also he didn't get <laughs> failed. I tried to. I actually tried to convince the band teacher to fail him because I was just kind of you know a loser in <laughs> eighth grade and thought that would be funny. <laughs> or eighth grade, high school. I can't. No excuses.
1: <laughs> but um
0: yeah, no. He he still passed, and he deserved it too. He was great at percussion.
1: Man, that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's like, as an orchestral percussion player, it's either completely succeed or completely fail a lot of the time
0: <laughs> yeah especially in percussion too because you can't hide your mistakes if you're playing a bass drum you know like every or like if you're hitting a crash cymbal at one point like you can't like if you're off everybody knows
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> well Blake that's as much as I had um I hope this was a good like little deep dive into how drums work. You know, I I hope people learn something. Yeah, definitely. You
0: know what I noticed too about you, Marty, is you tend to sing before you play. And I know you are a singer, so that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But just that alone is probably a good exercise for myself and everybody to say, wait a minute, what do I want? Because sometimes I just start pressing buttons. Sometimes Mm. I stumble upon things. It's a fine way to do it. Um, but I think if I tried singing things, it might be kind of a fun way to say, "Okay, where do I want these water bottle hits to land?" You know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a fun thing to just try, even if you got nothing from uh, the drum part.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I-, I think singing something before you play it means that you've heard it before you play it. You know that you like visual, right. you envision it, and you you hear it before it happens. You know, and I, I think singing it's sort of it- like is just sort of a byproduct of that
0: yeah it's like writing down an idea it forces you to think it through all the way and Mm -hmm. express it fully and then it's a completed idea because of that Um, also the dimensions thing so cool Uh, like we really filled up you know everything from the loudest part of the drums to the really quietest part and it just adds so much and you don't really hear it all when you listen to the beat. Like that's not where my ear goes. I just sort of listen to the beat, you know, unless I'm sort of looking around with my ear, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, but it really has an effect. Like the beat's so alive and, and dynamic and cool. And it's like, we just picked those samples out of a random pack. And at first it was kind of like a little bit like, you know, they're not the <laughs> coolest samples in the world, but you know, yeah. now yeah, it can feel derpy. This,
1: <laughs> it can feel a little, yeah, it feels at like, first
0: it felt a little funny i was kind of like smiling and laughing and then all of a sudden it's like whoa we have a really a beat with some character here um so that that depth is really a a big thing
1: yeah man and you can just like with with a good beat you can just like mess around with it like that's what's so fun about about a beat Yo, let's, let's pull up a piano let's play our audience Ooh. out with a with a little piano playing at the end yeah yeah
0: play us out All right, people, catch you next time at the tomb shed. At the tomb shed. It's
1: the tomb shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun.